Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher. And today we are going to talk about Outward Bound, the North Carolina Outward Bound School and the Charlotte Unity Project. Outward Bound is an international organization that began in the 1930s and focuses on outdoor education through experiential learning. Quoting the Outward Bound website, the sea, mountains, and desert provide training that no institute or university can offer. These landscapes in tandem with Outward Bound principles teach the hard technical skills necessary for survival, but also teach the relevant skills necessary for life. Our guest is Alexis Taylor, the Charlotte Program Coordinator for the North Carolina Outward Bound School, which includes the Charlotte Unity Project. Alexis grew up in Virginia Beach and moved to Charlotte when she was 13 years old. She's a graduate of Queens University where she played four years of division two basketball and earned an art history degree. After a seven year career in the museum field, Alexis decided to join up with the North Carolina Outward Bound School, having participated in the Charlotte Unity Project herself when she was in high school. Alexis has an infectious energy and enthusiasm for her work, and I cannot wait to share her Outward Bound journey with you all. Alexis, welcome to the campfire. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So let's, um, if you, if we can, let's just jump into to a little bit about who you are and, uh, and then we'll get into Outward Bound. Sounds great. I'm just, uh, ah, man, just, just me in general. I just loved always trying new things. And my mom always encouraged that. Um, so me, I grew up in, uh, for the most part, Virginia Beach. My whole family's from up north. So I grew up in a military city uh, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Whole family served in the military and just really had a, a really uh, very fortunate uh, childhood where it was just youth playing outside, climbing trees, got the scars. My mom always says it was like I was the last generation before technology really came in as phones didn't come out until I was later in high school. So really got into my childhood and moved to Charlotte and really got a lot of eye-opening things when I moved to Charlotte. Um, and it just really opened my eyes to just my community, um, my culture, uh, making pride, and also just realizing that opportunity isn't always available for somebody. But when it is available, you'll be surprised at what someone can do with it. Um, and so there was an opportunity available to me through the Outward Bound School, and it just opened my eyes and it really helped just guide me throughout my life. Yeah. So, so you come to Charlotte, you're 13, you yeah. go to high school here in Charlotte, yeah. and uh, you get this opportunity to be involved in the Unity Project. So, so tell us about that and what is the Unity Project and tell us about your experience back in high school. So in high school, I had transferred out in Charlotte. There's a school called West Mecklenburg High School. Yep. Um, and when I went to that school, it was actually a cultural shock for me. Coming from Virginia Beach, everyone's from everywhere. And so when I moved to Charlotte, I didn't realize how hyper-segregated the city was when it came to schools. 
Mm-hmm. So I went to West Mecklenburg and it was the first time I was ever around as many people who looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was absolutely, again, amazing to me and opened my eyes, but it also showed that if you went to another side of the track, the opportunities that were available in the same public school, just by living on another side of town. So that already opened my eyes. So when I transferred to the school that's called Julius Chambers, formerly known as Vance, there was an opportunity called the Unity Project. First mm-hmm. of all, Unity, the name, captured me. Yeah. But then they said a free opportunity, definitely going to do something free. There you go. Then they said this backpacking, rock climbing course, and that was something new to me. And so I didn't really know what it was, but I knew that I wanted to try something that was definitely unique and different being in the outdoors. But a part of that unity project was also about making some sort of social change in your school or community. And that's really what captured me from my first experience in my first school. So how can I make this social change while doing this awesome thing for free? To me, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and let's go ahead and try it. And I saw it on the morning announcements um, and went right on into, we, at that time, we did uh, in-person interviews and got a position, me and 11 other students from uh, Julius Chambers High School. Super cool. Okay, so it was the unity that grabbed your attention and then yeah. the backpacking and the rock climbing was sort of this intriguing like sidebar. Hmm, I wonder what that's all about. So. <laughs> So tell us a little bit more. So what what exactly is the Unity Project and, and what happens there? The Unity Project is actually a program through the North Carolina Outward Bound School. And I'm going to say NCOB. So NCOB, we love our acronyms. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to say NCOB, okay. uh, North Carolina Outward Bound School. And so one of the programs through that is the Unity Project. Um, this uh, Back then, it was in a couple of different cities. Right now, it's currently in Charlotte. And we work with Charlotte Mecklenburg School Systems. And so we actually are in certain high schools and we're able to choose students that represent the diversity and its many forms, students who are willing to want, wanting and willing to make a change in their community and school and wanting to put on this amazing adventure. Uh, So we choose students uh, in that way. We do not look at GPAs, which was amazing. We do not look at teacher recommendations. So it's really trying to open it up to all. And the purpose of it is to do this really wild, for some students, wild and crazy experience of going on this backpacking and rock climbing course in order to disconnect, to reconnect, in order to have an opportunity to discuss hard issues, uh, be more compassionate leaders. And what we're really doing is really igniting or starting a spark or making the spark bigger of um, really creating youth of social change or social movers um, by doing this experience uh, that's in the wilderness in Western North Carolina. Yeah, I love how you said it's an opportunity to disconnect, to reconnect. And then you talked about some of the hard conversations that happen. So so can we talk about logistically, like what what is the what is the course? What's the length of it? Like what do you guys like talk about the logistics? Yes. So as to, as of today, it is a seven day backpacking and a half a day rock climbing course that takes place in the Appalachian Mountains, um, Blue Ridge, excuse me, Blue Ridge Mountains in Western North Carolina. Uh, the students, we take around between 40 and 60 students from CMS, and they split into what we call crews. So each crew consists of 12 students and at least two very trained instructors. Okay. And so these 12 students and instructors are going to be together day in and day out for the next seven days. And the goal, in short, is right to get to point A to point B, but together as a group. And now as you're going from point A to point B, you are backpacking, you're going miles at a time. Everything that you need is in your backpack. And again, it is something different because one, you don't have technology with you. We are doing a true backpacking course. So this is not a summer camp. You're not in a cabin, right? You go find a campsite 
We practice leave no trace or a campsite where we walk into it. That's how we leave out. So you learn all of these technical things, backpacking, campcrafting, navigation. But then at the heart of it is when you start to dive into the conversations. And that's when you start to open up as you're being with each other. And again, not distracted by other things. You all are here sharing this really shared experience. Having type two fun, we love saying type two fun. <laughs> it may not be fun in that moment, but when you look back, you're like, wow, I can't believe we did this. I can't believe we hiked eight miles this day, climbed this actual mountain, and really saw these incredible views or crossed rivers. It was crazy hard, but looking back, it was actually fun. So type two fun. Type type two fun. So type two fun is it you realize it was fun after it's done. After it's done. In the moment, you may not think it's fun. In the moment, you're like, what in the world am I doing here? Like, why am I here? Or even just like, this is crazy hard. Um, but one of the sayings that, you know, our friend Kurt Hong used to say is more in you, in you than you probably ever, ever thought. And I know it's not the exact quote. But if you're like made to see it, you'll start to believe it. And that's really what happens on course. Students don't think they're able to do this thing. They don't think they can do this physical, mental, emotional thing. And all of a sudden they realize by day three or four, you're getting into a routine of making your tarps, taking it down, cooking for each other, starting these conversations, being able to go on hikes and learning from each other. And at the essence of the North Carolina Outward School is experiential learning. That's a big deal for Outward Bound. And um, Kurt Hahn was the founder of it and experiential learning is in every single course that we do. Mm. I, I love the experiential learning piece. And it was actually, there was another quote from the website that it, it said the distinction with Outward Bound it is the training through uh, the experience rather mm -hmm. than just the learning. And that's something I definitely want to get into as we talk here, just this idea of, you know, learning through experience ver versus through books and, and training and all that, because there's just no substitute for the experience. So, so much to talk about. Let, let's, let's get into the, the, the experience that you had personally in the unit project. How did that, how did that impact you? Obviously it left a deep mark for you got for you and, you know, brought you back to, and got you where you are today. Um, and I, I think I get chills every time I speak on it. And there's some things that, unless you've been on an hour course, hour bound course, you definitely know there's just some things that just you just can't ever put in words. Uh, but for me and the 11 other students, we were all from the same school. Uh, but if you're not from Charlotte Mecklenburg school systems, our schools are huge. So you're in the same school, but you know, you're with 2,000, 2,500, sometimes 3,000 students in the school. So you very rarely will see or know the students that are in your crew. And so for all of us, most of us did not know each other and only one of us ever been in this outdoor setting before. Mm -hmm. um, so here we are, a group of students um, just really coming to do something crazy new. And here it is, we do the thing called duffel shuffle where we packed all the items that we thought we were gonna bring. <laughs> and then we realized, wait a minute, we need to cut those things in half because we're taking everything in our backpack. And so what are the essentials that you need? And so the first day shocker is always there. I never forget that first day of going through your bag. But the thing that stood out to me the most was just that shared challenge of picking each other up when someone else was down. Mm -hmm. And so there were some, there was difficulty. There were students who were, you know, homesick, uh, really didn't want to go through, you know, day two, three, you're tired, you're sore. Um, and it's interesting. I feel like it's easy to do things when the skies are clear, rainbows are in the sky. But what happens when it starts to get a little bit harder? What happens when things start to get difficult? 
um, will you and your crew buckle or can you come together as a crew and build on it? And so the thing that I remember is us building each other up when someone else was down. I remember our instructors being incredible at allowing us to, like the first essence of being young adults, right? Not like allowing us to do these things, make mistakes in a safe way, but mm -hmm. learn from it. They're not gonna say, here's what you need to do. But again, that experiential learning piece, we are gonna teach you these things, but then we want you to do it. And then we want you to teach someone else. And so that was the first time I felt like us as a crew were, were able to be young adults in that sense without being uh, dealing with adult issues. That's a different thing, right? So some kids have to deal with adult issues, but that doesn't mean that they would be treated like an adult. Yeah. So our crew, um, a lot of the crew had to deal with things that youth should not have to deal with. So it was a chance for us to be youth and also grow into this young adulthood. Um, and just again, that camaraderie was a big one, uh, definitely picking each other up. And then going through fears, you realize every single person has these fears throughout the course. It wasn't just one person who had the fear the whole time. We all have these fears, which all allowed us to be leaders at different times. The leadership doesn't come from one person and instructors or one person and a student crew. All of us were leaders throughout that course. And so those are the things that stood out to me in 2020, my crew, about seven of us came together online and clearly remembered just so many memories. And this was 2008. And for us to come together in 2020 and have this conversation like it was yeah. yesterday, that's how impactful this experience was. Shared challenge, shared goals. And we were able just to have, hold on to that for uh, years later. Hey everyone, it's Scott here. Did you know that the members of my real estate team, W Realty Group, are listening to their own voices that call to adventure by setting big goals. Some of those goals include planning trips to Bali and the Kingdom of Bhutan, buying investment homes and running the Chicago Marathon. At W Realty Group, we support and encourage these big goals and wanna help turn them into reality. We're currently looking to add new members to the team. If you know a great real estate agent in the Charlotte, North Carolina area that would benefit from being part of our team, please send a text, an email, or give me a call. And know that when you support W Realty Group, you're also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and I love that this idea that everybody everybody's a leader at some point. Everybody experiences the struggles at some point. And you all kind of take turns, like helping each other out. I'm curious, do you remember um, in your experience as a teenager, some of the struggles and some of the leadership um, pieces that you had to experience? Oh, absolutely. This, the hikes itself, sometimes it's hot, the bags are heavy, day two, you know, you're ready to go home. How is it that instead of just calling someone out like, hey, come on, like, come on, catch up. Some of us actually stopped and like took, we took more breaks. We circled up, just started to joke laugh and then i remember just a couple of us kind of going back to the individual and saying encouraging words and then we actually let that individual lead up front so they can set the pace and they felt good about that so they're not feeling bad it's like they don't they're not slowing down the group we're just going to go together um in this place rock climbing is another thing where it's a high impact uh, activity where there is perceived risk right you think this thing is risk but the actual risk is very low so how mentally can you get through your mind that I'm just perceiving this thing to be a high risk, but the risks are very low because of safety that we do. So a lot of the students then, I just remember all of us saying encouraging words. Your goal doesn't have to be the top. Your goal can just put on the harness and go up a little bit. That is your accomplished, that is your goal. 
So we each set our own individual goals, but we still have to do it collectively as a group to encourage each other. Yes. Um, me individually, I was the one who was always ready to do something, right? Always ready to rock and roll. But solo night, which I know we're going to talk about in a moment, every uh, course has a version of what we call solo night, where students, usually in the middle of the course where they know how to set up their tarps and make their food, we have certain time allotted for a student to be on their own for solo night safely in a distance, but they're on their own. They set up their tart, make their meal and have time for reflection. That was actually the most difficult time I had, a part where I actually cried on course. Cause I had to be Yeah, and I didn't cry on course at all until solo night. And I just remember some students were just like, you got to take the encouraging words from before. And when we finished just saying like, you know, we're proud of you because we know that was really difficult. So those encouraging words, and actions are the things that definitely stood out in us showing different types of leaders as 14 through 17 year old students. Yeah. So this is like, I've, I've not experienced outward bound myself, but it, as a kid growing up and going to summer camp, I knew a lot of people that had, and I think the biggest memory that I have from the stories that people told me was about this solo experience. Yeah. And uh, so this is kind of a signature outward bound thing that you do. And so um, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about that. Cause that's not just the unity project. It's something like essentially any outward bound program you go on, you're going to experience that. So you can tell us a little bit more about that. And then also I'm curious, like what that experience for you was emotional. And you said that you shed a lot of tears. Like what, what was behind that? Absolutely. So again, yes, every NCOPS course, we go through a version of solo night, depending on the length of the course, right? For our backpacking course, yes, the goals go from A to B, hiking, backpacking, but solo night depends on the length of the course. Mm -hmm. The longer your course, the longer solo nights are. Sometimes I just had a student who came off a 14 day course. Her solo night was 36 hours. Some students' solo nights are 72 hours. Some ones that are shorter are just a few hours in the day. Um, so this is a chance for you to reflect. We do a lot of reflecting in Outward Bound. Um, when we just accomplish something or through the end of the day, it's not like we just pack up, put our camp things on and go to bed. We love to go through and reflect. So mm -hmm. solo time is an opportunity for you to reflect on yourself, on your course, on your life. We also have journals we provide to every student. So it's a chance for you to journal as well yeah. and just take one in with nature and you'll be surprised about the things that you do when you're by yourself and again without any distractions when's the last time um, many students and adults had the opportunity to do that um and for those who do it's very much a conscious thing like i'm going to do this until it yeah. becomes a habit but if you think about today's age Right. Today's time, no matter the age that you are, but today's time it is hard or people don't have this opportunity of reflection and solo and quiet time and just being out with nature. And so this is a chance to do that. So you are by yourself. You do set up your tarp, making sure that you're comfortable. You do have food um, provided there. We always have food. I think we get that question a lot. We always have food provided. Um, so, you know, you're able to cook and have your water and you reflect and you journal. Sometimes people bring a small book if it can fit in your backpack. You can read just that chance to reflect on that. So that's solo night in, in essence. Um, yeah. So it so it's essentially you know you're completely by yourself. It's just you and your thought. You got no technology. You got no phone. Like nothing to distract you. It's just you yourself and you. What's the um like how 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 close is the next closest person and how close is help if you need it? That's a great question. So our so our instructors. This is why we definitely do it towards the middle or towards the end of course, so that mm -hmm. students or and our students mean youth and adults. 
so our students feel comfortable setting up the things that they need to set up. And so we actually designate certain spaces that are, I can't even know the distance, but for my solo night, I didn't see anyone around. I did right. see my inspectors far away at night with their lights, right? But we're all in a distance where we can hear our emergency whistles. So you okay. can always hear emergency whistles and you know how to get back to your instructors, okay. right? There is like a pathway. But for the most part, there's no one that you can talk to um, or like sometimes you may not be able to see them. Uh, so you're usually that far apart of for overnight solo night for sure. For a few hours solo night, we usually have designated spaces where you're not near each other, can't really hear as much, but usually in a closer facility since you're just doing a few hours of solo. Yeah. Okay. So what happened to you on your solo night? Woo! I um I don't remember. I'm not saying it wasn't shared. I don't remember the part of solo night. So I was not aware of solo night, and that's just yeah. me being used. Probably just so excited about everything else. Yeah. I was not about solo night. And so we come to our campsite, and so they said, today's the day for solo night. And they explained it to us again, and, you know, the things that you should do, and, like, really a chance to reflect. And I remember they said, close your eyes and tell us from a scale to 1 to 10, 1 being you're just not excited about this, to 10, like, I'm really excited about this. And I put up a zero. And I <laughs> and I think I think we all opened our eyes a little bit earlier. We were supposed to just keep it to ourselves. But everyone else had, like, higher numbers. And it was incredible because they saw me as a leader. They saw me as someone who just was willing to do it. And this was my moment where I was like, I am not okay with this. And I didn't know why. And so we go to our site. And I was the closest to the, to the instructors. Everyone else is far away. And I got there and I just started bawling, crying. And I think it was a chance of, again, being by yourself. Um, technology wasn't as big then, so I wasn't really missing my technology, but I was always with someone, my family, my mm -hmm. friend. I don't think I was by myself unless I was in my room to go to sleep. And so I realized I've never been alone in that sense. And then your thoughts, right? What kind of thoughts do you have? And mm -hmm. then also sometimes heightened with fear, like, okay, I'm by myself. Now what do I do? And you have to relax and just a chance for you just to breathe. So I had to learn how to breathe. It's okay. I had to calm myself down, encouraging words from my um, from my support staff. And I just realized, like, or my crew. And I realized that I didn't like being alone. <laughs> I was like, I didn't like being alone. I didn't like being alone with my thoughts either. What are these thoughts that I had that made me so afraid? It wasn't as traumatic that happened to me at that time. It was just like really just like I have to be alone with my thoughts without any distractions. What does that mean for me? And that's what I had a chance to do, to be alone with my thoughts. Um, sketched a little bit in my book. I was never really a writer, um, but just really sat with my thoughts. Um, but I, I was still afraid because I was the one who ate so much. And that night they brought us dinner and I didn't eat that night. I was like, I'm good. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you are you are a ball of energy. You're super enthusiastic and a and a and a huge just great people person. And so, you know, I can imagine like you get into that place where you're just isolated. So, so what happened like over the course of the night and like now that you kind of have a chance to reflect on it, how did that experience change you? It's interesting because it's not like it was um for me, it's not like my fear went away, right? Yeah. I was still I was still afraid. I woke up, I packed it right away. <laughs> I'm like, when are we going? And then just all of a sudden I'm sitting there already packed. And I'm just like, you know, I, I, I didn't know it then. I didn't say it in this sense to me in my mind, but it this is what I was like, I, I acknowledge my fear. It's okay to have these fears. It is okay to be able to have your thoughts, all the random thoughts. At this point, I'm 11th grade going to my senior year. So thinking about the future, thinking about now, thinking about why am I out here? Like, why am I out here? 
And I actually just really took in, like, I remember the scene of where I was at in my solo night. I remember the trees. I remember the holes. I remember the bees, like, the certain bee flew by. Like, those things that you just don't pay attention to when you're back home. And that's what I took from my solo night is paying attention to not just nature, but your whole surroundings and appreciating it. And it sounds cliche, it's not, but it's very, very real that happens there because you're taking in so much. And so when the breeze comes and the birds chirp, I still do that to, that to this day and take it in. Um, I've always mentioned, I've never knew how dark, dark was until I went backpacking. Yeah. But then I never knew how much the moon would light up just so much when the moon is out until I went backpacking. And so it was like those things that I really just took in, like paying attention to the moon. And this goes back to my childhood in Virginia Beach. I used to pay attention to the moon with the ocean, but I was just like, it just brought me back to that type of my youth. It brought me back to just understanding and realizing that paying attention to things and appreciating it. That's what I took away from my solo night. Yeah. It's so cool. And I, I, I mean, I love listening to you talk about this because like, I wonder if, you know, a lot of people probably have that same sort of, I'm going to just call it fear for lack of a better word of being alone and being with your own thoughts, but like, it's normal, right? And, um, and it happens, you know? And so, um, I guess I'm just curious, like in terms of like advice for other people, like what is the value in that? So that in that solo experience, like what, what can people expect to come out of that solo experience having, having gained, what, what is the value there? Yeah, I think it's, um, well, of course it's going to be different for every person, but definitely just, again, not only with your thoughts, but just how you feel, how are you breathing, um, that thinking about the future, thinking about the past or reflecting moments. So being able to think about you in the now reflecting, thinking about your future sense, um, taking in your surroundings is a big thing, right? Really taking it in. And sometimes taking in your surroundings is like sometimes a little bit intimidating. Like when I heard that B, I was afraid for a moment. <laughs> but just taking in all those things that we take for granted daily, it is an opportunity to be really appreciative of what you have um, and uh, what's to come and just appreciative of that moment. Uh, because not everyone has that opportunity to be backpacking in this amazing uh, wilderness setting. Right. Not everyone has that opportunity. And for us, we got it. To, we got to do it for free. Um, so just really taking in this moment of, yes, you can be by yourself in your house, but it's really different being by yourself out there. So appreciation, reflecting, um, journaling and just essence of just being by yourself. And what does that mean to you? And it will mean yes. something different for everyone. Yeah. And then, so last question on the solo experience, like for you, you personally, you know, it seemed like that had a pretty deep impact on you. Like how have you taken that particular solo experience and like integrated that into your life? That was like 15 years ago. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So how have you like integrated that experience into your life and, and who you've become? One, one being okay with being alone. I realized that like, and making more time to be by myself but also appreciating what I love. Like I love being around friends and family and I didn't realize it then and that's what I took away from it. Being by yourself is good, but the most important thing of my life is my loved ones and that means friends and family. And teaching and, and being able to provide to my friends and family just experiences or just talking about different opportunities so their eyes can open as well. But what I got from that is what I love most out of life. And it actually followed me throughout my life and helped me make my career switch into Outward Bound 
actually it really did i had to reflect back on that moment like hey yeah. this moment is i'm by myself i'm a little scared why is it, i don't like being by myself i acknowledge it i was able to do it but now i'm like i love family and i love being around people and that's the thing that i absolutely am passionate about and um it, it actually just opened my eyes up right then and there was i able to articulate it in that way absolutely mm -hmm. not but that's the feeling that i got from it at that time of being 16 turning 17 years old yeah, totally. So, um, so switching from solo to groups, like that's the cool thing about this experience is there's really kind of a both end. You get that solo experience, but you also have that group com camaraderie. And the thing mm -hmm. that attracted you in the first place was that word unity, yeah. right? So it's this bringing together of people. And you talked about having some hard conversations. Like what, what were some of like, what were some of those uniting experiences? What were some of those hard conversations that you guys had back in that first experience when you were participating? Uh, the thing that, you know, I definitely appreciate for my, my mother always bringing that to my attention uh, at a young age, but you never know what someone's going through. Mm. Uh, you know, that is one of probably the biggest things ever is that you never know what someone's going through. Our particular school didn't have so much kind of that bullying. So there was some, but not, not in the sense, not our school, but a chance like so many students that you walk through are going through a lot of hardship. And for a youth from 14 to 17, how they're able to hide that in that way, I had no idea. But what it also allowed our group is to be okay with being vulnerable. And it's okay to have these talks about what you're going through instead of bottling it in. I think for our school, a lot of us, how we grew up, um, for the most part, maybe people just didn't talk about their emotions or you're just having to continue to go on. And it was a chance for us to you know, our instructors to prompt us a question, but that opened the door for so much. And why does someone think the way they do? And does it have to do with this, you know, how they were raised or the experience they went through? And then it opened up to really personal experiences. And so you never know what someone's going through. And it makes you have a chance to just stop and think for a moment and stop to think before you act or talk um, in all these different ways. It's probably the number one thing I think all of us got from it. It's just that you don't know what someone's going through and it's okay to be vulnerable and that you really sometimes, especially sometimes in high school, you may think that you're alone. And this course reminded us that we are not alone in a lot of things, that a lot of us maybe have some struggles, but we all want to see some type of difference made in our own unique way um, and that we can do these together. And um, that even though we're young, we can do a lot of things. Uh, and that's what it, uh, that's really important. I do think in today's age, we are hearing the youth. Um, but remember then, it wasn't social media. We weren't global. We didn't know all that was going on. Um, so for us, it was just a chance for our voices really to be heard in a sense and for us to make an impact and difference. And don't forget, it starts on the wilderness course, but it continues in school. So I think the unity course, what the special thing is, is that we are talking about social justice and diversity heavily right diversity equity and inclusion topics heavily compared to a traditional NCOPS course okay. um, however but we're going back to the schools and trying to make a difference so talking about it and putting action to it as well so how can we have this idea and also bring it into action so a couple of different things from the unity course we walked away with in regards to a being a crew in a group yeah, I love that. And so um, are, have you seen specific impacts that people have had in, in their lives, like coming out of the course? Oh, yeah, that sense of sense of confidence. Um, you may say, again, it may sound like, oh, no, there's no way. Absolutely. Your sense of confidence, uh, learning how to be not just a leader, a compassionate leader, like a compassion is a very big word that we use there. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have what we call our four pillars. 
uh, which includes compassion, but we also think about physical fitness, self-reliance, and craftsmanship, um, and all those things in those unique ways. So doing something, right? Doing something and doing it well. I can tie a knot to the tent, but if I don't do it well, the whole tent's gonna fall down. Uh, or I can do it when no one's looking, right? Being experienced learners, we're not hovering over our students. We're gonna teach you and you have to then do it. We're gonna make sure it's done right, but you know, if no one's looking, am I still able to do this at a high level? Um, am I still able to rely on myself, but also open up to others? Uh, so there's just uh, so many things to walk away. Yeah, um, from there's gotta be a crazy sense of accomplishment and that type two fun, right? Like being able to look back and, and look at all that you've accomplished. So clearly your unity project experience was life changing for you, but you, you got out of the program and you go off to school and become an art history major. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and you get this opportunity to come back to the North Carolina outward bound school. Like, can you talk about that sort of transition and maybe any threads that connected them? Oh, everything threaded back to Outward Bound. And that's what any time, before I even came as a staff member, I've always talked about Outward Bound, uh, just how it threaded throughout my life, but also yeah. how I lost it for a time period. So I did the Unity course. And at that time, the following year, there was actually an internship uh, that we're hoping to bring back soon. But we actually did a Unity internship that really just put the nail in the coffin for me to say, I actually want to work for Outward Bound. I didn't know it was actually going to happen. I was 17, turning 18 at the time the following year, but I want to work for Outward Bound. But then you graduate high school and you go to college and I was a little bit disconnected from Outward Bound. Mm -hmm. Hyper-focused in college, um, did I basketball, you know, any type of athlete, athletic sports in college, yeah. the majority of your life in college. And so that was a, a big focus of mine, but I became a better leader on the basketball court. I wasn't afraid to, I've always been able to step up, but just gave me a little bit of confidence to step up and, and confidence in my life. Um, but the things that happened between college, I just got disconnected in many different ways. Um, I've always wanted to do things for my community, which I did. But what hit home for me is I was asked in 2014, I just graduated uh, college, and I'm gonna go back to a moment. I was asked in 2014 to speak at a fundraising event about my Unity experience. And I just felt like, I was just disconnected. I mean, everyone loved my speech, um, but I had uh, mentioned me and my mom looked at each other and we was like, that speech was terrible. And it was because I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't in it. I wanted to be involved in that way. So sometimes Outward Bound may leave you as the years go on, but we don't want that fire to completely dwindle down. Yeah, got it. So I was able to bring it back up because I had to remind myself, like consciously, consciously thinking, Outward Bound's always been with me. I may not said it, but it's always yeah. been with me. I changed my major multiple times to find something that I love. And art history seems like a big jump from Outward Bound, but it's really not. Uh, I took the leap, thankfully to my mother too, to take the leap from going to this major that I thought was going to make me money. And this is the thing I would need to do. I was going to make money, 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 but I hated it. And my mom was the one who had that conversation with me about like, what is it that you like to do? And it reminded me of my solo moment of like, oh, I have to think about things on my own. Like, what is it that I like to do? Let me sit with that for a moment mm -hmm. to myself. And I realized that I love people and I love art. I love telling stories and how can I connect these things together? And I followed my, like, my passion at the time and still my passion was art. I'm not a drawer, but I'm art historian. And I got a really amazing career because I put my passion first and I was sparked through Outward Bound. Um, and then we led 20, 2020, I got this opportunity here. 
Um, and that was not an easy decision. And that goes back to the outward bound experience, like having that confidence. It's okay to make changes. We are comfortable. We always say, you know, a ship is safest in the harbor, but that's not what a ship is made to do. And that's what we say in outward bound. And I had to think about that when I changed my major. I had to think about that going into a, the art history career because many people are like, art history, why? I found an amazing career for that. And once it was time for me to shift from that amazing career I had to do something that I'm also passionate about, which is outward bound, I said, you know what? It's time for me to leave the harbor. I was getting a little bit too safe, too comfortable. It's okay, let's make this jump. Outward bound thing with me. It has. It's always been with you. And then it circled back and this opportunity arises. Like, how did that come about, this opportunity to, to go work for Outward Bound? So I volunteered in 2014 when I made that horrible speech that I thought was horrible, but everyone loved it. Yeah. It made me realize I got to get involved with Outward Bound. But actually, I was asked two weeks later to join the Charlotte Advisory Board okay. uh, for NCOBS. And at that time, I was 22 years old. Uh, I was young black female and being even on an advisory board is a big deal. So I was so honored to be asked to do this, uh, being on this advisory board. And so that allowed me to stay connected with Outward Bound in a very deep level, in particular with all of the Charlotte programs. So I volunteered with the Charlotte Advisory Board for that seven years. And so once the opportunity presented itself, they announced it to the cab and also um, online. I remember going to my great friend and my mom and my partner at the time, my fiance now, and saying like, "Am I? Can I? I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't think I can. Like, I don't know." And I just remember getting text messages like, "You will be perfect for this." Again, those encouraging words that we heard on it's so important, encouraging words and saying, "You know, you do got this," and that you have that moment of self doubt, but if you got people in your corner, it can help. And yeah. so I just took the leap, and I was afraid because my career was really good. And I still loved it, but I, my heart was like pounding. It was on fire when this opportunity came. I said, this is it. This is what I love to do. Um, and also, as a, you can work from home as well. So I'm with my family. I had a lot of sickness and a lot of death in my family. And family was like, I realized I was working this lifestyle of where I was always at work constantly. I don't mind working hard. I will always work hard. But if I have a chance to also work from home and be for my family and still be able to travel and go to the schools and see the kids, like the holistic idea of this job is amazing and i applied and this is my career and i always tell everyone an hour bound i'm here to stay as long as y'all want me oh, I, I love it and, and the thing about like the, the, at the heart of this podcast is about like listening to this voice that calls us to adventure mm -hmm. exploring some of those fears and doubts that prevent us from following that call right but you had in your heart this experience as a kid and it stayed with you and then this opportunity comes and you experienced those fears and doubts, but you pushed through them. You stepped over the threshold and you took the leap. But it sounds like you wouldn't have done that had you not gotten encouragement from other people. Absolutely. There's things that I definitely had the self-courage to do um, on my own for a couple of different things. But I never forget having that support system and how it is a privilege to have a support system like that. But what made me really realize it and never take it for granted was Outward Bound. Like the 12 strangers, and in, at that time it was a nine-day course. So in the course of like nine days, we became so close. And having that support system really helps. Um, and understanding that there are times that we feel that we are alone, uh, but just reaching out and finding that support system. It may, take, it may take some time to find the support. It may take some time to build it. But once it's built, it is incredible. And so that made me acknowledge it, but definitely support, pushing through, encouraging words. And then also you still have to have your own self 
uh, faith and self-courage of saying, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. Yeah. So Alexis, this, I mean, it's kind of come full circle for you. you've had this whole, like whole long journey, right? I mean, and, and the journey is just beginning still, yeah. but you know, you went through it as a kid. Now you're the uh, Charlotte program coordinator and um, you're helping others to go through the same experience. Like mm-hmm. what does it feel like to you to be on the other side and to watch other kids go through what you went through? Absolutely amazing. I always say the Unity Project in particular helped me realize, again, uh, what I wanted, even if I was disconnected for that small moment. But I've mm-hmm. always wanted to do something for my city and because Charlotte did so much for me, um, for my city and that the idea of providing opportunities, uh, it opens doors. And so this opportunity was provided to me. And if I didn't have it and if it wasn't available for free, I wouldn't have done it. And I wonder how my life would be without it. And so just being able to provide this opportunity for the students of the city I grew up in and the city that meant so much to me means the world. And also being able to dive in deeper of making sure like, how can we make Unity better? How can we make our other Charlotte programs grow and better and deeper, making sure that we're deeper involved? And how do we have a lasting impact on students on the wilderness course and outside of it? And also that idea of students building this network Charlotte needs, our youth needs to build a network and needs to build uh, this kind of support system. And Unity provides that as they're able to meet not only their instructors, but they're also able to meet the Charlotte Advisory Board members. And they now build this whole network of people that they have in their corner. Yeah. So this is great. So we're we're very hyper local here in in Charlotte. The Unity Project is something that's specific to Charlotte, Mm -hmm. Mecklenburg County school system. And so I want to kind of talk about how people can get involved in that, but then also we'll, we'll kind of work our way up from there. We'll talk about North Carolina Outward Bound School and then Outward Bound um, USA International. So um, if you're here in Charlotte, um, how, how does somebody get involved in the Unity Project? Well, the great resource is definitely our website. I go into ncobs.org and provides all the information. For the Unity Project in particular, we are in eight designated schools. And sometimes those schools can change. So I always say, you know, reach out to us if you're really interested in bringing us to your school. It may not happen right away, but maybe we can do something for that. Uh, But we do have eight schools that we work with in particular. And from there, we do our recruitment through there. Uh, Every school has two unity advisors per school. And those unity advisors help not only just, you know, reach out to students. Again, we really want to make sure this opportunity is presented. Uh, but they're the ones who are also helping lead the charge of the Unity Clubs. So once Unity students return from their course, they join their schools, what we call Unity Club. Okay. And this is where the students who went on the course and those students who just want to join the club come together to create what we have school or community projects. So every student who goes on course, we ask them to join the club and create these projects that bring awareness or change to their school or community. And so you go to your school and that's how you find out about the Unity Project. And if you want to bring it to your school, you can contact us and we can try to see how we can make that happen. Yes. And the Unity Project here in Charlotte, as you said, you you, you apply through your school and mm-hmm. it is free. It is completely free. You apply, you know, your school can provide the information, but also on our website is actually a Unity application form. It probably takes 10 minutes. Um, we're going to ask you three questions. What is you, why you want to join Unity? What strengths can you bring? Questions you have. So it's really simple uh, application form. Uh, but again, we're not asking for GPA. We're not asking for teacher recommendations. We just want people who are excited to do this. And it is completely free. That means the course, transportation, we provide 
hiking boots because we received a grant for the next five years to provide nice. every Unity student with a free pair of hiking boots and headlamps. So free meaning completely free. That's awesome. I love it. Um, okay, cool. So, you know, this podcast stretches all across the United States and it also goes all the way around the world. So, so for folks that aren't here in Charlotte, can you talk a little bit about the North Carolina Out, Outward Bound School and some of the programs that, that are offered? And then we'll go, uh, we'll go global. Man, North Carolina Outward Bound School first, we're celebrating our 55th anniversary. Um, so we're just excited to be in uh, just this organization for the last 55 years. And uh, what we offer is a variety of different courses that's open to anyone. So if you're, you do not have to live in North Carolina or uh, North Carolina to go to an NCOPS course. So anyone can go to our what we call open enrollment courses. And not only do we have backpacking and like a half day rock climbing, rock climbing courses, we have whitewater canoeing courses, we have sea kayaking courses. And actually, although we're called North Carolina Outward Bound, we do courses almost all over the Southeast. We actually have Outward Bound professional courses uh, where we work with professionals. Um, we go to their business or go to locations and do a variety of activities there to help, not just with team building, but really building a deep sense of camaraderie within a professional sense. We do things in Atlanta. We have courses in the Everglades. My coach taught me to go to the Everglades uh, course we do courses in Patagonia, and we also work in the D.C. area as well. So we're actually really spread wide, although we're called North Carolina Hour Brown. Um, we really hit a lot of the southeast areas as well. Open enrollment courses are available to anyone, and we have scholarship opportunities for adults and youth to any of our courses as well. I typically think when I think course, I'm thinking textbook and I'm studying, right? But again, coming back to Outward Bound, like this is experiential. So this is like, you know, these are adventures. They're courses and you're going to learn, but these are adventures that, that people are going on. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yes, that's our language that we kind of get wrapped into. Yes, a course is, you know, you are going into this outdoor epic, really yes. epic challenging hard but walk away with such an incredible sense of accomplishment adventure of doing a backpacking wilderness type of course that we have um yeah. in um, just our different settings so that's i'm so glad you mentioned that yeah and, and i also think it's important because like i always learned that outward bound like the people that i knew were always like kind of high school age right mm -hmm. but outward bound is not just for kids i love that there is a sense of like what is who belongs in the outdoor? What is outward bound? It's only for you. When we say our students, our students are youth and adults because all of us are students as well. We're always learning. So I think our youngest we have right now is 14 and we don't have an age limit. <laughs> as long as they're able to go on the course, you are able to do it. We have adult courses. We have ages sometimes 25 and older courses, 30 plus and older courses. We have a variety of different courses for different age groups. So do not think you have to be a youth one. It is not for at-risk students only. It is for anyone. And you can look like anything or like anything to do the outdoors. It does not look like one type of way. And I really want to make sure people understand that the outdoor is for everyone, but it's not always been accessible, right? Mm -hmm. You think it's easy to do something like this, but sometimes it's not. And so what we hope to do at NCOP, especially through our scholarship, is to make sure to understand, like, here's an opportunity. We're trying to make it accessible. And we understand there's been barriers for centuries for, for a lot of folks to get in the outdoors. Well, so here's the cool thing. Again, like this podcast being about listening to that voice inside that calls us to adventure, right? And Outward Bound is an organization that will help you, right? If you are experiencing that call to adventure and you're feeling those fears and doubts, 
Outward Bound is going to teach you, right? So an Outward Bound course could be that epic adventure that you're looking for, and you're going to have help. You're going to have instructors that are going to help you with that amazing epic experience. And who knows, maybe you go on an Outward Bound course and you come back and you talk to us about it on the podcast. Um, so let's go one level up. So we've got that. We talked about the unity project here in Charlotte, North Carolina, outward bound school. Then there's outward bound USA and international. What are some of the trips that the, that the higher level organizations do? Well, so outward bound USA is really like kind of our headquarters for all of the outward bound schools in America. There's 11 different schools in our country, you know, spanning from where we're at North Carolina to California, up to New York, Northwest Pacific. We have so many different uh, outward bound schools. And what we do is we provide opportunity based on our region. And so you're able to do dog sledding up in Minnesota, you do sailing out in, you know, in certain areas. And so there's different courses based off of what's in your surrounding. And that's why it's so fantastic. Like ACOPS, yes, North Carolina Brown is absolutely fantastic. We want you to come to our organization, but understand there's 11 different organizations in this country and 30 plus different outward bound organizations globally um, from Hong Kong to Germany to, to so many different areas. So we are an internationally known organization. And that's another reminder what I talked about when our students are able to go to this course, like you are now a part of this really wide network and Outward Bound is uh, well known to a lot of folks as well globally. Yeah, it's an unbelievable organization. Um, they are so lucky to have your energy and enthusiasm helping them with the Unity Project here in Charlotte. And uh, you know, you've you've packed so much into your life. And you know, I know you're just getting started, but at some point, Alexis Hollywood is going to make a movie about your life. And I want to know when they do, who's going to be the actress that's going to play you? Listen, I would be honored if a young actress, her name is Yara Shahidi. She was um, a star in Blackish. She had her own show, Grownish, and just an amazing youth activist. Uh, and just graduated Harvard, a young Black and Iranian uh, young actress and uh, activist, and incredible. If she could play me, I, I would be honored. Like, if that was my dream thing, that would be an honor to me to That's have her. I love that. That's perfect. Well, I'll have to check her out. I'm not familiar, but uh, she sounds amazing. Gosh. And uh, what what's your movie going to be called? That's okay. Listen, honestly, I don't know what it would be called, but I remember <laughs> when we actually did at the event at Jesse Brown for actually sharing our stories. Yeah. You mentioned Outward Bound Within. So I want to play on that. I don't have the title. I can't think of it. Can't create on it, but something with Outward Bound Within because that is a big part of how, uh, and although, you know, trying, I didn't want to drag my story along, but Outward Bound really was throughout my life. And that would, that's what the movie would be called. Something well, like Outward Bound Within sounds pretty good to me. I love it. <laughs> well, Alexis, your story is amazing. I really appreciate all the sharing. I hope people will take uh, the opportunity to check out Outward Bound and, and participate in a program, whether you're here in Charlotte, in North Carolina, or anywhere around the world. And for those listening, I really hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Alexis's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we wanna hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you just need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I wanna encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Alexis, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much.